Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby and if you're brand new to this show, the show is all about a little unknown podcast called Magic the Gathering. I almost said the podcast name Magic with Zuby. But anyways, uh, today we brought on none other than Amy, the Amazonian, and we brought on brought her on to talk about streaming, uh, magic, uh, content creation in general, what it's like to stream and be a Twitch partner, um, all that kind of cool stuff. But before we get into the interview, just need to say a few things. Um, you can help support this show by going to the show's Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzuby. You can find me on Twitter at magicwithzuby, on Instagram at magic underscore underscore zuby, and you can find my TikTok at mtgzuby, and you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. And we have one quick little ad for Magic for Normies, and we are also sponsored by cardsphere.com, the best place to buy, trade, and sell your magic singles. So... Without further ado, here is Amy, the Amazonian. Yep, that way. And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Adzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... a normie? Yeah, exactly! A normie! Well, have I got the show for you, the all-new Magic for Normies show. Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic Magic for Normies. Normies. It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning. We care about having fun playing Magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on her YouTube channel, pixiekittenplays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic Wazubi RSS feed. Magic for normies. Hey everybody, it's Zuby here and I have with me the amazing Amy the Amazonian with me, a Twitch streamer extraordinaire. Um, how are you doing this fine afternoon? I'm very, very cold. We've had an entire day below freezing, and I have been drinking tea nonstop to keep myself warm. Oh, dang. Dang. Um, Where are you at? Oh, you're in Boston. That's right. Um, Wow. So I'm down here in Florida, and it's like freaking hot today. It's up in the 80s for like the first first time in, I got to say, like a month and a half. I think. Can you share some of that? Like we can, we can split it down the middle. Like we can both have fifty degrees. I feel like that's fair. Oh yeah, because fifty degrees for us is like absolutely freezing. We're dying when it gets and for to us, fifty. It's like oh, t-shirt, sandals. <laughs> it's summertime. Yeah, yeah. So that is um, that's interesting. How long have you been up in Boston for? Mm, pretty much my entire life, excluding a three-month span where I lived in Seattle. Oh, okay. I don't hear too much of the the common Boston accent or anything. It's a myth. There, oh, is it really? People who live in Boston and live in the suburbs. There's like, I used to know a guy named Peter from Worcester, and you got <laughs> Matt from Revere. But like most people just have this generic Northeast accent. Yeah. And I think that because I've been streaming for so long, I've tried to make myself more understandable. So I have even less of it. it no, I, I definitely recognize the Northeastern accent. I've got on my mom's side of the family, they're all from Maine. So I hear that, like, Maine accent that sort of comes out. Um, you know, like, ah, we're going to go to Bahaba for something or, or go to Bangor. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. But um, so you're a full-time Twitch streamer. 
And how long have you been doing that for now? Uh, just about two years. Holy crap, has it really been two years already? Uh, well, okay, 2020 was like 10 years in a row right. and also five <laughs> minutes. Just at the same time, I feel like my birthday, my birthday is in March, just happened, but like also it's about to happen. And also it happened an eternity ago and I don't even remember it. I have the memory of the memory. Yeah. So you've been doing that two years now. Um, how long did it take you to get to partnered and all that? Uh, so I, I hadn't actually been streaming on Twitch for too long. I want to say five years or so total. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have been streaming, though, for about 15 years. And I okay. have not made a full-time job out of it until the last two years. It's just been a hobby of mine. And really, with Magic Arena coming out, I was able to turn this from a hobby into a hobby that pays into yeah. a hobby that is now my job. And uh, it's it's tough. Like it, It's a very cutthroat industry. It's very tough to make it to the partner level. And even if you get oh, to yeah. being a partner, actually making enough to afford rent is an entire stage beyond that. Oh, no, I definitely want to get into some of the nuts and bolts of that. But you're saying you're, you've been streaming for 15 years. Um, I, I guess some of my question is, what have you been streaming for that long and like, and on what platforms, too? Back in the day, the only kind of streaming <laughs> that existed was just, it, it's called just chatting now, but it's where you have a conversation with people and one or more people would be on a webcam and uh, webcams at the at the time were like 180p maximum and oh, yeah. bandwidth couldn't really handle that so it was super choppy it was only a couple frames per second but it was this interesting way of communicating with people online uh i started out on stickam which no longer exists i don't think i've ever uh, heard kind of, of like that justin tv <laughs> yeah i remember justin tv you that's what twitch used to be um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's been a long time though oh wow stickam i've never heard that one um but yeah, then, th- and um, I when I started on Twitch, um, before Magic Arena came out, I just streamed whatever I wanted. Cooking, sure. Dancing, nice. Minecraft, let's do it. So you did a lot on Justin TV, then? Uh, very little. Uh, but- it, it ceased to exist around the same time as Stickam. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because I remember I w- I did Justin TV. Um, because around the time when that was becoming a thing, I was super into Starcraft and trying to stream Starcraft back then, and. You know, back then you had to have a really good computer and all that stuff. Not not like I mean, you still have to have a oh good computer gosh. now, but it but was like XSplit was terrible. At oh the time my gosh! And all the yes. other capture programs. Yeah, there was like no OBS at the time yet, and it was just it was horrible. So I, I didn't really get that much into streaming till I want to say like 2015 or so. But I, I don't do it enough to try to warrant going full time. I enjoy the podcast way more doing it that'll be fun doing content creation for entertainment value is a very nice thing of you to do and i hope that you enjoy making it as much as people enjoy listening to it oh thank you yes i've been going on i i I love doing it i've been going on since 2016 with the podcast so it'll be five years next month i say i think happy a half a decade of magic with Zuby. I know, right? I didn't even think I didn't even think I'd make it like three months into this. <laughs> and now it's five years later doing it now. It's crazy. Oh, I think that's great. Yeah. No, I love doing it and get to meet uh, awesome people like yourself and talk with so many other people at the community. Um, so 
when you're talking about streaming being cutthroat as it is, you know, that's been a topic that I've been bringing up in some my past two guests of um, how streaming and content creation is a relatively new field in terms of it being a sort of viable career and all that. But for you, who's like in the thick of it right now, you're, you're full time. Like this is your full time job here. How like how do you manage a lot of the the worries of it from month to month of how fluctuating it can be? Because you don't get like a, a steady paycheck in a sense. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I have what I hope to earn every month, uh, which is uh, enough to live on. Mm-hmm. And then there's the amount I actually make every month. And it fluctuates so much that I would say I am very lucky to have had a savings account that I put some money into when I was working as an engineer before I started streaming. Because some months, it's like, oh, I can't even afford rent off this. And other months, it's like, oh, damn, take that tonight. <laughs> oh, man. So... So you mentioned you had a savings account like that, um, and that's good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. But when when you're looking at the just sort of financial aspects of it, um, how long do you see yourself trying to do this? Um, and, and, and I'm not like trying to like downplay like or anything. So yeah, no, it's, yeah. I I have the exact same thought. The the answer is until I can't do it anymore. This is the most fun I've ever had, and I feel that it's very rewarding getting to talk to people all day, having opportunities like this to talk with you. It's fantastic, and I couldn't do this uh, if I were continuing my work as an engineer. So no, I'm glad to hear that. So that that seems to be a common thing that I've heard from a lot of people. It's like just as long as they can do it, as long as it's viable, um, and is Twitch your primary source of income right now? It is. Okay. Okay. So when, when you're a Twitch partner like that, are you able to, like, without, I, I guess if you can't talk about it, are you able to get sources of income from other avenues with the stream? Like, I, I take on sponsors. Okay. Um, usually it'll just be a company will reach out to me. They'll be like, hey, do you want to... Uh, advertise our game on your stream or do you want to partner up for this big promotion we're doing and we'll negotiate rates if it works out for both of us awesome that's another revenue source okay okay so they don't they don't hamstring you into like this is all you can do like you can have your own patreon like a youtube channel if you wanted to as well Mm -hmm. okay i think there's something about if you create content on twitch it has to be only on Twitch for 24 hours before you want to put it on another hosting service like YouTube. I think that's part of the partner agreement, but it takes me a day and a half to do any video editing anyway, because I'm so busy. (laughs) It's not like that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's like, I didn't know about any of that stuff. Um, so another thing that I want to ask you, um, is you just, and it sort of perked up my ears here. You mentioned being an engineer. What kind of engineer were you? Mechanical engineer. Okay. I made human robot interface safety systems with Amazon before I moved into full time streaming. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it was a lot of paperwork. Oh, paperwork. Okay. That really somebody else probably should have been handling instead of me, the junior engineer who's like, I don't know. I just tried to imagine how I would get hurt. That's how you design a safety system. You imagine yourself as like, the most inept possible person. Imagine just like if you were 
drunk, you didn't sleep very well, you wander into a machine, and you find all the places you can hurt yourself. Interesting. Okay. So, so it's a very real scenario. <laughs> n- n- no, no, I, I, I believe you, but it's just... Uh, okay, so what what is that even... So you're building these safety systems. What are these like being built for exactly? Uh, you can find actually videos online. If you look up the Amazon warehouses, uh, the ones that have the robotic systems in it, I believe it's just being called Amazon Robotics right now. Okay. Uh, it was the station. I was a stations engineer. One of, well, depends on the time. It's like one of three, I think, at the time that I had left. Oh, Interesting. Interesting. So what do you have to, like, how do you get into a field like that? Like, what what kind of learning and studying does that take? Uh, Well, I never learned anything about robotics in college. Uh, I have a mechanical engineering degree because I was enrolled in mechanical engineering by accident. And I don't, (laughs) when you're 18, like, you don't know what you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. This is the state. I don't know. What's even the difference? I didn't have an advisor in high school, so nobody told me what the difference between engineering was. I was like, I know engineering is like a good field. I heard that in the media, so I'll just keep doing that. Um, And worked for Amazon for a year, not as an engineer, doing uh, audio work for what is now Echo and Alexa. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, I was Doppler at the time. You can find out about the history. I was part of the (laughs) EMT team. Fun. And um, then I applied into a job with this robotics team and got it. (laughs) That sounds pretty cool. So did did you have to do a, and learn a lot of programming or anything? Or I did no programming. I'm a mechanical engineer. I work in the the metals and plastics of the world. Oh, okay. So it's the actual physical stuff that you're like yeah, getting I your made, hands into. Okay. I made like the blueprints and the and the machining templates and tons and tons of CAD. Oh, cool. Awesome. Okay. That's um it's pretty awesome. So did you get to build a lot of your designs that you like made on your job or Yeah, I would I would either like send them out to a fabrication shop or I would like very quickly try to prototype them myself. If I was trying to figure out a physical thing, um either I would do it digitally or usually I would like make a paper cutout and be like, "Okay, does this fold fit right here?" Yeah, it does. And then that put sounds, it into That sounds digital. awesome. So are you, um, is that something you'd be able to fall back on if you wanted to? I don't see why not. If somebody looks at my resume and was like, what did you do for the last two years? It's like, I played video games for fun. <laughs> and they'd be like, hmm, well, most of us did that for half of those two years. Thanks, 2020. You made this a lot more manageable on a resume. Sweet. So it, do you... Do you apply any of those mechanical engineering skills to anything you currently do today? Not so much the engineering skills. Uh, Having a good background in like statistics and math does help. But having a strong work ethic really helps manage my streaming life. I have a tight schedule. I try to respond to emails quickly. Uh, Everything along those lines is it. I mean, it's all about being a working professional. And that's what I am. So you mentioned a uh, work ethic. Um, what is that, what is your work-life balance look like right now with full-time streaming? Oh, it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's like work 80 hours a week and then, um, try to like combine things like chores and exercise. Like, all right, well, if I walk to the supermarket and carry 40 pounds of groceries back, 
that's kind of like going to a gym, it right? Makes sense, yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah. I mean, you're doing cardio, and then you you could weightlift the groceries. Got the arms, yeah. yeah I, exactly. got, I got the bicep. You can't see it because I'm wearing like two sweaters right it's now. It's too it's too cold right now, so it's too freaking cold. <laughs> so you no, know, that that sort of makes sense. So um, that that is one thing that always kind of surprises me. Like when I talk to um professor back in the day about when he started doing full-time youtube and just the work-life balance he had just seemed a bit crazy and i'm i assumed that streamers had to be the same way um that it do you ever still have the the fomo of even being a full-time content creator right now where if you feel like you either take a day off or or maybe you're not streaming at that time and place right now, do you ever feel that you are, you know, missing out on something, not doing enough? Um, of course, I, I feel like I should constantly be working. I have to set a limit for myself, but it's it's not a fear of missing out. It's a very real interruption in schedule causing lack of viewership. I took a one week break. Uh, at the height of my streaming and i lost about 40 percent of my audience and that's never crazy. got it back that's crazy never got it back and you know what i love everybody who stuck with me you guys are the best but to everybody else i mean you you miss out not just on the people who would like maybe integrated you in some of their like day-to-day -day listening habits something like that you also miss out on the algorithm because Twitch and YouTube and everything else has a recommendation algorithm. And if your content isn't being put directly in front of people, they might not see it. And as much hmm. as you can try as an individual, you can advertise yourself. I've never done it, but I'm, I'm sure you could like take out an ad. Uh, you're, you're kind of at the whims of those recommendation agent, uh, engines. So, I, I mean, I'm pretty familiar with the whole YouTube algorithm. I, I've seen that go back and forth. Uh Talk a little bit more about the Twitch algorithm. I'm not familiar with that or anything. Neither am I. It's one of those things that is not well known or discussed. It definitely seems like it just organizes people for the most part based on this is a game that you've watched other people play and this is a top streamer in that game. Probably prioritizes partners because it gets them more revenue. But I, I don't actually know. And I don't hmm. I don't actually think anybody does outside of Twitch. Interesting. Yeah, because I haven't really I think you're one of the first people I've talked to who have like really discussed a Twitch algorithm, but it, it makes sense. We know there is one, just don't know what it is. Yeah, no, it makes sense because I know when I'm, you know, first loading up Twitch on the left hand side, I see, and, and for majority of the time, it's all magic streamers that I see being recommended. And um, oh, I guess I never thought of that being a quote unquote algorithm, but it makes sense. But you like magic, you know, cow time almost, almost out pretty exciting oh, it, it is it is one week there. away so by the time this comes out um kaldheim will already be released for it as well oh, nice so um are you pretty excited about kaldheim i'm excited to have some new cards to play with there's a lot of i'll say janky cards uh the one i revealed mask with nexus helps enable a lot of combos that previously were being done with arcade adaptation but that's a lot easier because you don't have to yeah. splash blue for one card right and a uh, giant tribal angel tribal's getting some new stuff looks like party is also getting a couple new car no yeah a couple new cards <laughs> so that should be good that should be good 
Yeah, that is a uh, one big thing that I have found um pretty boring. Like I I, I don't play as much arena as you do, but when I do like try to do the daily quests, like I have just found standard and historic absolutely mind numbing right now. Even trying to play jank decks, I'm like, it's you're going up against the same crap over and over again. <laughs> you like Demir Rogues? How about Esper Doom? Are you a fan, perhaps, of Ghoul Aggro? Well, then standard hasn't changed in two months. So it's, yeah. it's all the same three decks. And like a couple of people are like, mono white, mono green. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. A little bit. I want more. Yeah. I mean, how long have you been playing Magic for now? About eleven years. I started in two thousand nine, my freshman year of college. So that would have been around M ten. Um, yes. God, what else? My was first, that? my first deck really shows that because the first deck I ever built for myself was a Soul Sister deck with a Johnny's Pride Mate. Oh, so awesome! That is the that is the M ten <laughs> deck, and it worked great and people hate it they still do you can build almost the same deck now and people do not like playing against it oh yeah because for the longest time life gain was just crap and now it's like really good sometimes it, like if you can't find a way to stop the life gain you're like guess i die <laughs> but um so i i guess as someone who's played a lot of magic for a long time um i want to ask you ha have you been playing a lot of standard set like since the beginning Nope, I had never played a game of technically standard until Magic the Gathering Arena. Oh, uh, in fact, okay. the only format I really knew was Commander and okay. then Kitchen Table Magic for like, hey, this is a pile I threw together. doesn't have 60 cards, but it's whatever. I think I've got no more than four copies in there. <laughs> I don't know what sets they're from. What are sets? What's a block? Right. Get out of here. I, I, I kind of miss those days sometimes. I kind of miss the days of being ignorant of just slapping together some cards and just playing it's i i think the commander pre-cons really helped me get into commander yeah uh, that first set where they released them like i got all of those either as gifts or i bought them for myself over time they were great i still love kalia kalia of the best is one of my favorite oh, God, decks. it's so good it's so good i i the only one I played back then was Zedru or Zedru, the Jeskai one. Zedru, yeah, yeah, the uh, the Goat Mama. Yeah, that was my first time ever playing an EDH deck, and that was just I, I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. But I, when I first saw like the deck, I'm like, wait, why would I give people things? And then I'd start reading the commander. I'm like, oh, that could be really good. Oh, you could give them bad stuff. Oh, <laughs> your wheels just start turning. But so you've been playing standard since about when arenas come out um what have been some of your thoughts on standard recently like especially the trash fire that was 2020 with all the bands and well on that sure was a card that got printed somehow and oh my god yeah How? It, it's been so tricky to like even keeping track of how the meta has shifted because of the bands rather than just like because of cards coming out because of mm -hmm. people really solving things figuring out the meta and I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of these cards that it just feels so bad to either play against them or they just probably shouldn't have existed in the first place or they were designed for commander, but they ended up in standard. So we all kind of had to deal with it. Like Kenrith is definitely a commander card that ended up in standard and he had these fire stack. And, and oh God, I'm fires of invention had to be banned because these these dang cards were too good, especially with all the planeswalkers. 
I think my uh, least favorite cards to be printed were probably this is this is 2019 technically, but like mm-hmm. Teferi Time Raveler. Yeah, got that guy going on. We had Agent of Treachery with all of the blink cards. It oh god, yeah, that was rough. That was because that because that wasn't even really a card played until Thassa came out. Like Thassa and Yorian, and suddenly yeah. it's not just one card being stolen; it's a card being stolen every turn. Yeah, disgusting. Oh man, and, and just think if there were no standard bands right now with Kaldheim about to come out. Think there'd be Oko, Once Upon a Time, Omnath, Fires, Companion would still work as normal. Um, it's kind of scary when you think about it. <laughs> um, I still think Companion should have been changed so that the amount you pay isn't three mana to bring it from the sideboard. It should be the CMC of the Companion. So us Lurus players are still paying three mana to bring it in from the sideboard. But those dang Yorians should cost five to bring in. God. I just I want to nerf everything into the sun. <laughs> God, it's just <laughs> I've I've had a lot of fantastic games of Magic. In fact, oh, at yeah. the start of the Oko meta, I, I'll actually bring something uh, on camera that nobody else will be able to see. Okay. You. Yeah. So if anyone's listening, uh, Amy is getting pulling something out here. Once I'm able to find it. Oh no, where is he? <laughs> Where is he? Is it like an Oko doll or something? Or? Uh, it is an Oko. Oh, I must have moved him into the other room. I have a framed Oko. Um, I, I, he, he moves around the house sometimes. I thought he was over here. So I have a framed copy of Oko that was foil that I got during pre-release. Oh, nice. And, <laughs> and he was beautiful and adorable and I loved him. And you gotta remember... Oko wasn't being played very much right away because everybody yeah. was on Golos Field. That's so right. That's there. right. I built Soul Thai food almost the exact same list that we ended up seeing at like GP Richmond. And I'm just here playing playing Oko. He's a terrible little boy. Everything is Elks. And then Field gets banned and Oh, Everybody starts creeping in on oh, this, and I'm just right. sitting there with, like, my very handsome planeswalker, like, no, please, <laughs> please, the meta's already bad, we can't have this happen. Oh, man, so I still remember when I did a set review of Throne of Eldraine, and when it came to Oko, my first thoughts were, this is a terrible card, like, no one's gonna play this at all. Like, that, that, that was my first thought, like, it's not good, it's not good. Oh, crap, it, it turns out to be pretty damn good combination of the food synergies being yeah. so strong the three three elk hitting your opponent's creatures the fact that he just has so much loyalty that he's right? almost impossible to get rid of because we had almost no like targeted removal for planeswalkers yeah we didn't get any targeted removal till like a few sets later and then by then it was kind of useless because it's oh he's already banned okay we have murderous rider but like that's double black pips but, but that that was running that that was really it at the time though yeah there wasn't uh, too much else. It was rough. It and was. so anyway, Oko was a monster. Turn to Oko with Gilded Goose as a double oh, God, monster. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm giving <laughs> you the flashbacks out. Oh but man, yeah. So Oko got banned and then Adventures. Fires. Adventures yeah. some more. Yeah, fire. Even with Cal Time coming out, because I've done a full set review. Uh, the power level of it is not too high. There's a lot of nice aggressive pieces for the decks. These very spicy sagas but they don't seem to fit in super well with the enchantment stuff from theros 
I'm pretty sure that Adventures would still be the top deck if Adventure pieces weren't just banned out. What what Adventure pieces got banned out recently? Am I forgetting something? Clover and Escape oh, to the Wild. That oh, that's I completely forget. They got banned with Omnath, didn't they? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's suckers. right. Oh god, like who thought of who thought Omnath would be a good idea? Like, why does he draw a card? He, why does he draw a card? Gain life mana and deal damage not just to face but also to planeswalkers right it, it's and it's also when you look at them from a commander card you could literally make omnath with a commander deck and just you don't even have to have much synergy you can just play just really decently good commander cards and just take over the game land base ramp congratulations you built a deck you want to put some landfall cards in there? right that, that's about it cool <laughs> Just put all of the copies of Omnath. Put all four Omnath in a deck with a bunch of lands and, like, cultivate effects. You're done. Yeah, because even the other Omnaths, like, besides Locus of Rage, I mean, the mono green one's pretty good. But, like, the three-colored one, it's good, but it, like, wasn't that strong, though. Like, it was, you could take care of it no. easily. It was, like, um, a fun card to play with Risen yeah. Reef. Yeah, I enjoyed the the that elemental deck that was going around for a little while. I thought it was fun. It could get out of control quickly, but when they started... But that's what made it kind of yeah. obscene. But, um, oh man. Yeah, it, it's... God, you, you just gotta think, like, it, as much as I love Wizards and, like, I love a lot of the sets that come out, it's just I, I really hope that Kaldheim just doesn't break something again. It feels like a very fun set. I'll, I'll tell it you does. that it, it seems like it's going to be a cool set that I wish we had some other lower power sets as well in standard to kind of balance things out so it yeah. would make a bigger impact. Um, but yeah, it, it feels like it's kind of between power level of Theros Beyond Death and Aquaria. Uh, not as much synergy. A lot of these cards are not reliant on each other to be good, which is nice for just, you know, tossing them into deck building. Yeah, true. Um, what do you think about... Um... My favorite card out of the set is I want to say Varagoth, the the black demon that whenever attacks you can boast and tutor. Oh, the boast the tutor. That one seems so wild to me. That that seems like one of the strongest cards. Same with yeah. um, uh, Bergy. I'm oh, oh, blanking oh, on her name. B Bergy, the red god. The red god who gives you mana refunds when yeah. you cast spells. And that and seems so much fun in Commander. It seems pretty good to me. And I love it on the flip side where what you discard a card and you can exile the top two cards of your library. I think it's the top three and then you can cast them until your next turn. Yeah, ridiculously or good. Yeah, like nice stuff. Like, like I, I, I'm going to get a copy of her in my Torbrand deck in EDH. So. Oh, no. Because Torbrand, you know, I mean, Mono Red always has trouble drawing cards eventually because, you know, you can just pop off quickly and then or just top decking after a while. Um, so that'll be really good. Like I, I'd rather play the artifact side more than the, the God side just to just start. I'm going to discard, keep going through my deck. Boom. Citadel of pain. Boom. Fiery emancipation. Just all the punishing cards. I also noticed that there are some, uh, white weenie cards in the set. So, uh, I don't know. There's also a new board wipe that can happen on turn three, but there is right. a bunch of, 
sweet new white aggro card. There is. Um, what are some of the ones that you like? I thought there was the uh, there's like a two one. There's one that's a potentially a two two, just for one mana. They, these are just cards. I can't remember the names of them. Some of them have boost effects that help you go wider, get bigger. Yeah. All of these together, though, is just like, oh, yeah, we need better turn one plays from Mono White Aggro. Not from Mono White Life Game. We already have that. But from Mono White Aggro, also Angel Tribal is getting a whole bunch of stuff, yeah. which is uh, it's like a pet deck in Historic for me. But I think it's fun. Yeah, I had a, um, I had like a little Mardu Angels deck in Historic. Um, I called it Thick Angels. It was great um, with Lyra. Um, Aurelia, the oh, what's the Orzov one with Afterlife? Um, um, I I know which one you're talking about. Seraph of the Scales. Yes, yes, that was really good. Um, the the other thing I'm also looking forward to because I also build. I have a Popper and a Peasant Cube in Arena. Um, and so I'm excited about Kaldheim coming out. See if there's any additions I can make to it. Especially some of the uh, uncommon sagas look pretty damn good too. Oh yeah, some of the uncommon sagas are better than the rare. Yeah, same color. Ridiculous. Like, <laughs> color I, I feel like the sagas are actually going to be the strongest and hardest part to play around in draft. Uh, oh, it's going yeah. to be like what bomb, what bomb sagas do you get early? Then you just pick supporting commons and uncommons to support that saga, hoping that you get it. Oh, I'm excited to draft this. That's one of my favorite things. Um, I, I, I will say, besides the broken standard, uh. Wizards has done an awesome job with a lot of the draft environments. Oh my gosh, right? Like, I feel like it's it's independent because most of the things that break standard are like either you don't really care about them in draft yeah. or they're just like super bombs so you just hope somebody doesn't get it. It's like the sets would be perfect without them. But like everything in the past year, Eldraine was amazing. Like, yeah, Akoria, I like Eldraine. I love Aquarius. Some people don't like oh, it. Oh, I, Zendikar, I, I loved... thing I thought was fantastic. Theros, like, these are all great draft formats, and I love playing all of them. And that's why I I've like shifted. Some months I'll play almost entirely draft. This this month I have almost entirely played drafts. Oh, nice, nice. I I have to say Zendikar and Ikoria were probably my two favorite sets to draft from last year. Uh, Theros, I'll be. I was kind of bored of Theros. Like it felt too. M- maybe I had bad luck. Like grindy sometimes. Very grindy. And M twenty one was just. And, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just kind of run-of-the-mill. The, the problem is that M20 was so dang good yes. that M21 just was like, oh, come on, bring back Risen Reef. Yeah, just, it didn't feel... like I, I wouldn't say it wasn't bad. It was just, just okay. Like, I felt like I've played... I, I, I felt like I've... Yeah, I felt like I've played better corset drafts. Um, like, M14 and M15 were some of my favorites. But nobody set. wants to like set up their board and then there's Ugin and it's like, oh, oh, yeah. oh there's no planeswalker removal. What am I supposed to? Okay, I guess, guess I just leave. Guess I die. Guess I die. <laughs> God, that's right. Oh, I forgot about that. I forgot he was in M21. Oh, like, I'm so glad he got why reprinted. Did, why did Ugin, why did Ugin get reprinted? I don't, I don't like him. I'm glad that the price got driven down a little bit yeah. for people who want to play him in other formats, but could have put it on Commander Legends or something. Come on. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, Commander Legends for sure. Or maybe a pre-con or something. <laughs> something like that. You know, um, because when Ugin came around the first time with cons of Tarkir and all that, he was... He was too slow. Way too slow. Like, you would, you would have to ramp 
super hard and leave yourself open to like any kind of Abzan attack with siege rhinos before you could even get Ugin out. Um, siege rhino rules. I know. I know. It, it's I, I love always asking people, you know, who played back then, um, you know, how siege rhino was like the boogeyman of the format. Like he was the worst of the worst card. Like how could they print something like this? And then you look at current cards printed in the past two years and like, oh, siege rhino is like nothing. So cute and so Abzan and I know. Um, and then you have Quest and Feast, <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. You, you, if if they were to, if Siege Rhino had never printed back then, and they tried to print it now, it'd probably be an uncommon at this point. Yeah, it'd be a really nice card in draft. Oh but yeah, it's in three colors. So well, they, they could have hard. They could have printed it in um in Ikoria. <laughs> yeah, made a mutator. Oh god, that'd be gross. Every time, Every you, time it mutates. Oh, lose three life, gain three life. Oh. Yes. That'd be gross. Oh god. Ne- never mind. Never mind. Sea Rhino's fine where he's at. Not <laughs> to print it. No, please the yeah, well, no, no. No. I, I was just about to say, oh, I could play it on my mutate deck, but it's salt eye. I've got the uh Otrimi um salt eye deck. Oh, oh yeah, the uh commander one, the precon. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I thought they hit it out of the park last year with the Commander Precons for Ikoria. They, did you play any of them? I didn't. I believe I skipped those ones. <gasps> I I did build some other decks around some of the cards. Because, like, I, I had the Garrod deck, and I ended up doing mm-hmm. some, like, Atla Pilani stuff, and I was, you know, su- working on supporting that and trying to make silly egg decks. Oh, the, the Atla Pilani is cool. Ella Plenty is so cool. And with the new Masswood Nexus, everything is an egg. It's so much funnier. Oh, God, that's right. Oh, no. Yeah, your creature dies. You no. like chaos work to the next creature. No, there's a... Yes. There, yes. <laughs> one, one of my patron supporters, he loves playing Atla Palani. Like, like, loves making all the eggs and populating the eggs. And, oh, God, I didn't think of that. He's ever, All of his creatures are going to be eggs now. Well, there's also a new uh, populate card, Which sort one? of. Uh, there's the cat chariot. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, it's like it's not actually populate. It's like pseudo populate. Yeah. Oh God, I forgot about that. Oh God. Lots of good, good new tokens. Yeah, it, it be a fun, a lot of fun, neat little stuff. Um, I the the other thing that I really took or got me about Kaldheim was a lot of the art as well too, like. I Are you lo- into Viking stuff or metal stuff? Not not really into Viking stuff. Just more. I, I like some of the more metal aesthetic. Like a lot of the showcase cards were friggin' awesome and amazing looking. Um, I, have you seen Have you seen the new Village Rights art? Yes. Oh my gosh. So first of all, Village Rights. What a good card to introduce into Magic. That's one of those cards that's like the perfect power level. We absolutely needed something like this. Way mm-hmm. to sacrifice my card and just be like, oh, you were going to kill my creature? Sweet card draw. I'm going to do that instead. And then, like, this new art for it is so cool. And there were a bunch of, like, the, um, like, funeral, uh, various funeral depicting yeah. cards in the new set are so nice. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I need to get that new Village Rights and foil. Like it just looks so good. Come on, you should be able to find oh, it. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. It's just it's one of those deck. It's it's one of those the card art where whatever I have it in like my EDH decks, I got to replace it with foil of that art because it's so great. So um, you've been playing 
So you're mainly a magic streamer. Do you get to play any other games or anything? Or uh, when I when I have time, yeah, I, I played some Breath of the Wild this week because it's a fun game. Oh, um, nice. I think if there's anything else, occasionally when I can't sleep, it'll be like four in the morning. I'll play Team Fight Tactics or League of Legends, and I also play uh, Legends of Runeterra on stream and off stream too, which is a uh, League of Legends card game. I'm sorry, Riot Games has like. A, a slight, slight love in my heart, probably because I've been playing it for ten years. All of their different, all their different games now. Oh man, is is it even worth it to come back to League of Legends? I haven't played since like 2012. I only play it when I'm sad. So oh. No. That's so <laughs> it's again, it's it's like four in the morning. People will ask me like, "Oh, can I add you on like to friends on Rune Terra so like we can play card games together?" It's like. No, because I don't want you knowing when I'm playing League of Legends at 4 a.m. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the they're all reason. connected. Yeah, okay. They're all yeah, they're all connected. Oh man. So I mean, what's League of Legends like nowadays? I mean, I just remember it being like super toxic back then, and just oh, see, I never play ranked, so that really helps. And oh, I I never played ranked either. It was just People always. People can be just so sweet. Like you can like hop on sometimes and be like, "Hey, everybody, good morning. What's everybody got? You got like anybody have coffee? It's like <laughs> it's really chill. Sorry about the misplays. Occasionally you'll get real like salty sailors who just only want to win. But usually people are like, "Yeah, whatever, man. It's a video game. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, true, true. Um, and what do you think about um Legends of Runeterra? Because I've seen a lot more people start good, playing that. Good card game. Um, it the fact that it runs really well on mobile and on computers. Oh, it's on mobile too. Point. Yeah, it, it it was designed for oh. both mobile and PC, but it's a very flavorful game. It definitely doesn't have quite the depth of gameplay of Magic, but it is still like instant speed interactions. It every game feels like a mid range game. So if you are a fan of mid range, uh, then that's a, probably a good game for you. Uh, tons of combat tricks and interesting creatures with cool abilities. I, I like it. I think that it's a really well-designed designed game. And it makes sense because they have a lot of play designers that used to work on Magic. Oh, that's cool. Um, how, do you, how do you feel it compares to something like Hearthstone? If you've played it that. It is so much better than Hearthstone because Ooh, you're not like stuck into like oh, well, you're, you're druids, so you can only play these druid cards, and they're all really, really honed in, and we just kind of kept pushing the power level, because for Hearthstone, we didn't have too many more ideas. And let's also, like, actually free-to-play. So, like, Magic Arena is more free-to-play than Hearthstone. Really? But Legends of Runeterra is like, hey, are you willing to put in a little bit of time for the grind? Not a ton of time, like a little bit of time for the grind? Cool, you can get a full collection. It's not like Arena where like you're going to end up buying packs, and you can build mm -hmm. a bunch of meta decks, but you won't have a full collection just because yeah. of the sheer number of cards there are. Yeah, I mean, I got a full collection. My boyfriend and I were uh, both grinding on the same account, and uh, then I partnered with Riot, and they were like, "Oh, do you need us to load up your account with wild cards?" It's like, no, I already, I already have all the cards. <laughs> oh, I think I cool. spent like two dollars at one point because you can buy cards outright, and they all cost the same at the same rarity. It's like I think I spent two dollars for a Teemo once, but we don't talk about that. So <laughs> it's a dark time. 
So I, I've seen some gameplay of it. Like, I'm pretty ignorant of how it all works, but do is it similar to Hearthstone where you have to pick a champion? Like, how in Hearthstone you pick a class and you can only use cards for that, or...? Nope, it's, it's like magic in that you pick colors instead. But okay. since there's no colored mana, instead you're limited to two different, up to two different regions. Regions are a lot like colors in Magic. Okay. And then uh, within the region, you can play up to six total copies of champion cards. And champion cards are like these special creatures that have extra abilities. So you can have like three copies of one and three copies of another for six total. They all have to be within your regions. Um, that that kind of restricts the deck building because a lot of those cards are the build arounds. Okay. Okay. So do you also... What kind of formats are there in Runeterra? Is there any kind of limited format, or is it just all constructed? Oh, there is. There's a something called Expedition. They give you like a couple free entries into it if you just play the game. Um, the rewards for it, they nerf those a little bit, but it's still pretty fun. It's sort of like the Hearthstone Limited. Uh, what's it called? Arena? I want to say it was called Arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was called Arena, yeah. So you you pick from these selections of cards, and it will give you similarly synergetic cards in pairs of three. Pairs of three? I, I don't know. Okay. Of three. And you get to choose from them, and it's really fun. I okay. like it a lot. It, it definitely, there's certain archetypes in it, which are so much better than other ones. Like, people who watch my stream and see me do it, they're like, oh, Amy always tries to go mushrooms. It's like, yeah, because mushrooms are going to win. <laughs> If I have eight Puffcat Peddlers and the limit's normally three to a deck, I'm going to win. No, that sounds good. Um, so that does sound similar to Hearthstone's Arena um, with their draft. So you don't draft in a pot or anything like that? Nope. You draft against a computer, and then you play against other people who have the same win and loss rate. And then, like, as the wins go on, you get to, like, make trades from your deck, or you get to add new cards and new copies. Wait, what? Yeah, so, like, if you get one win... Then you get another like pick from the champion pile. So you get get another oh, champion cool. pile like that. You get another win. Same thing happens. If you get a loss, you also get to make like more picks or trades. It's pretty good. So how many losses can you have before you like have to start a new one? Well, this is where it gets fun. So you, it's called one expedition token, or mm-hmm. you can buy into it with whatever currency you want in the game. Then you have two runs, and that's two separate decks. And then for each run, you have up to seven wins, and you don't get booted out until you get two losses in a row. So let's say you lose your first game, Mm -hmm. but then you win a game, then you lose a game, then you win a game, then you lose a game, then you win a game, then you win a game, then you lose a game. You're still in it on just the first deck. And then whatever your record is for the first deck, if you're not happy with it, you start a second one. Oh, that's pretty or cool. Even if, you, even if you go 7-0, you can still start a second one just because, hey, you want to play more because it's fun. That's also pretty if you awesome. Enter three times a week or three times in a week. All your future entries for that week are free. You just don't get Ooh. rewards for them other than oh. your win and loss rewards. So with awards, well, let me ask you this. Are the cards that you pick in They're Phantom? They're Phantom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Um, that's I mean, I guess that makes sense because I guess you'd be able to build up collections pretty quickly that way. If you did it like that, because they do that in Hearthstone as well, too. So, um, now it sounds fun. I've been meaning to try it. Like, I hear from you, um, oh, who's the other one? Um, but Chantel, 
um, Chantel. Oh, yeah, it's, I've, I've um, chatted uh, with her before. Yeah, I think she's I, also been doing some Moon Terra. Yeah, I've seen her play it, and it looks fun. I just need to get off my butt and play it. I'm, yeah, it's on phones too. Like, so if you have a smartphone, yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea it was on phones either. Um, I've been I've been hooked on Animal Crossing again lately. Um, oh, that's a good time thing. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. It, it's um, it, it's been it's been a pretty rough month personally. Um, and that has just been able to calm me down. I haven't been wanting to play any games that have been stressful lately. So that's like the perfect game to just relax. Okay, I'm going to go fishing for an you hour. You don't have and, to worry about anything. You don't yeah. have to really think about anything. It's just like, I'm going to chill around in this little spot. There's no time limit. Going to build my I island. I catch that bug. That's cool. I'll catch another <laughs> one later. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Have you played that? Uh, yeah, I've played a bit of... Um, New Horizons, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, I played I played a bit of it. Something that was upsetting to me when I first got the game, though, was that everybody playing on the same Switch has to be on the same island. It's like yeah, my boyfriend started sucks. an island, and I'm just like, oh, do all this stuff, but you're already doing it. Yeah, that was annoying. That um, because my kids got the uh, Animal Crossing first, and that's that's what I thought I could start my own island. But now I ended up ending up having to buy my own Switch just so I could play it. <laughs> That, that was what you don't want to share with the kids Heck and no. they're like they're like just digging up all your flowers like exactly was breeding the rare ones right i don't want them i don't want to deal with that crap or they just start putting random stuff everywhere on the <laughs> you know on the island the world is your storage right i don't need that um man but i had I, i've been enjoying the hell out of that lately um so how's your 2021 going so far I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> it's all been a blur. What's <laughs> well, going? So that's cool. Poems about to come out. Uh, I'm getting a new mattress in a few days. I, I saw that. I saw that. I'm excited about mattress. What, what, ki- what kind so of? So far, like nothing's happened. What, what kind of mattress are you getting? Sleepies? Question mark. I want to say sleepies. Okay. Sleepies something something something. Is it like a cushion? Like like one like ped- Oh, what is I it? don't know. Oh, okay. Tempur-Pedic? Or Tempur-Pedic, I don't yeah. know. That's a just normal I mattress. Had my boyfriend did the shopping. Oh, for okay. It. Okay. Okay. Um so you're excited about Kaldheim. Uh do you play any D&D or anything? I have not done a D&D campaign for a very long time, but I'm familiar with it i listen to like actual play podcasts and stuff like that that'd be cool um you know we need to probably get you in on a D game at some point maybe even like a theros or ravnica one yeah uh the only trouble is like time scheduling yeah i for like having a two-hour block for me at a predictable time is extremely difficult um and having one for more than one week in a row even more difficult. That's why I haven't done much D anD. d Why is that for you? Is it just mainly due to the streaming? I'm yeah, I'm working nonstop. Oh man. So is it when you're your streaming schedule? Is it pretty set in stone on what when you stream? Uh, when I end each day isn't as set as stone. It's usually determined by like other stuff going on in the day. Uh, but like I try to get to um, six hours a day for six days a week, and then it goes a little longer on some than others. So what else is are you working on in the background or like behind the scenes? Uh, emails, contracts, uh, oh, social media, video <laughs> making, all that stuff. Is that a kitty cat? 
<laughs> so what, what kind of advice could you give to people out there who are wanting to get into streaming? Maybe, you know, take it a little bit more seriously, uh, maybe try to make it bigger. What kind of advice would you give them? Uh, make sure you have a quality stream. And one of the biggest things for that is making sure you have a nice microphone. Like webcam doesn't matter that much. Yeah. But making sure that you are audible and that you're speaking clearly and you are being kind to the people who are in the channel. That That's pretty big. Also, do not ever stream with the expectation of success. And do not stream if you do not like streaming. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, it's going to be easy money. I'll just like play this video game because I already do it. And it's like, no, no, you ding dong. That's not how it works. First, you get good. Then maybe you get lucky. So do you consider a lot of like your success luck then? Oh, oh yeah, it's super luck. It's like once... Once you find all the people who have like a solid stream and are able to dedicate the time to it, and then you filter that down to the people who got lucky, landed the sponsorships and made it big or just like got discovered through whatever means. Mm -hmm. Nice. There's also like if you happen to be an extremely good player in a game, that's another route. So like, if you are a top player and you can stream at the same time and it is hard to stream at the same time as playing. Yeah, that, that oh, could be your oh, it, it is, yeah. But if, you, if you're like, think you're hot shit and you're not hot shit, then it just comes off as like worse. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm a top mythic player and like I'll check over the stream and it's just like, you're just net decking and you're on like 90th percentile. What are you talking about? <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> they won't like describe any insightful plays. It's just like, come on, get out of here. You're not, you're just doing the same crap. So what really differs, in your opinion, for people who try to find that success? Um, and, and I know luck is a big part of it, but what, what sort of what kind of attitude or mentality should a person have trying to at least find that success in streaming? Uh, working hard and like enjoying it. I think that that's the big thing is like putting in the hours is a big part. Just, but you have to you have to like it. If you don't like it, you're gonna get burnt out so fast. That hundred percent agree with that part. Um, because I've tried streaming arena. There's just so many times it's just I don't like it. I don't like streaming arena, but I'll stream EDH all all day. Um, because oh, I doing top down webcam stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, on spell table and all that. I could do that all day. I love that. Um, just arena. Ugh. I try. I try so hard, but I just can't get into streaming it. I'll play it. I'll play it for hours off camera, though. Like, you know, because it's just I'm relaxing, watching a show on the other screen and not having to think about it. And, you know, I'm not playing rank or anything like that. I'm just doing the daily quest, messing around. Totally get it. Yeah. And um, sorry about all the scratching in the background. That's OK. Mute my mic uh, in between. That's, okay. That's my cat. I, I saw the little cat. Uh, what's their name? That is Scraps McGee, Cat Detective. She is very small Ooh. and very cute. Ooh, do you only have the one cat? Only one, but she is she's a little hassle, so she takes all the time ever. Also, I spoil the bejesus out of her. So. Oh, yeah. I've That's got... You get everything you ever wanted. <laughs> That's like my three cats. I've got three three girls, and they're spoiled as all hell. Yeah. Three is a lot of cat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was mainly due to my wife. Um, she just wanted cats and we, we start Aww. off with one and then she got another like two years later and then another two years after that. And I'm like, and I told her like, that's it. We're done. I can't take any more. 
Oh, I'd man. hope to get some some more cats in the future, but you know, the one is a lot is enough for me. Yeah, yeah, especially um, it, it, it's it was very hard training them on the scratching, like like scratch the cat pole instead of the couch. Um, oh, we just let this cat scratch whatever the heck they want, but we have cat furniture all over the place. Most oh, of the yeah. furniture is the cat furniture. Oh, oh yeah, that that's how it pretty much became for us. Um, because like. Two two out of the three cats are really good about not scratching everything, but the one cat she just doesn't care. She's no, no matter how many toys or stuff we buy just for scratching, she's like, "Nah, I'll, I'll go scratch this wall instead, tear it up to shreds." Like you little shit. Why would you? <laughs> so frustrating. Um. So we're getting near an hour here, um, and I know that you've got sort of a short time schedule here. What what are what are some other advice that you could give to people for streaming in terms of you know one one of the things I asked you right before we started was you, you said you streamed what today six seven hours something like that um, oh yeah I did seven hours and hopped right on here about five minutes later like how for someone who wants to do it like how how do you handle like that long of time because it's like that's a long time that's like pretty much a full time job right there just and I know you're partnered and that's something that you have to do. But for someone who eventually wants to get to that path, like what's some advice you can give them for trying to get over the hump of streaming for a long time? The main thing you should do is try to aim for three to six hour streaming blocks. Anything longer than that, you're not going to really see any additional growth in your audience. Anything shorter than that, and you're not going to see much initial growth in your audience. Uh, once you can get to doing three hour blocks, something after work, um, if, if you're working part time, it's easier to fit these in. If you're working full time, it's really tough. I, I know because I was doing as working full time way too much and also streaming as a hobby for so long. Um, it's it's a matter of endurance. Um, you just got to be in a nice, relaxed mood. Don't try to like stress out about it. Try to enjoy yourself. And if there is an additional stressor being presented by streaming, let's say there's toxic people in your channel, remove them, get rid yeah. of them. They're going to make this worse for you and they're going to be scaring off other people from your community. Is that something you've had to deal with a lot? Toxicity? Oh, yeah. Um, but I just stopped letting them try to control anything. I was just like, hey, guess what? <laughs> Ban button. <laughs> Good. Good. It's, you haven't had a have you ran, run into any issues where you've just run into a lot of it or is it just the occasional uh, or it, it'll happen and sometimes they'll be you know they're, they'll group together because it's usually not just one lone actor yeah but it's um something you, you pretty much have to do deal with if you are a streamer especially if you are a woman or a person of color i'm sorry to say but that's that's how it is in the streaming community and Twitch does not take much action on it, even though they've they've made some rules that if they enforce them would make it a healthier environment. Right. They'd have to be enforced. And, and it <laughs> yeah. is hard it is hard to enforce those rules. They would need a huge official moderating staff and a um better report feature. I agree with that. I hear too many horror stories of just other streamers too, just all the shit they have to go through. Like there was that one what was it? Was it last week or the week before the whole PogChamp thing with the um? Oh, what what's his name? The critical bard, or whatever. The amount of crap he went through. He, he had a really nice PogChamp too. Come yeah. on, guys, and just a good Pog face. And the amount of crap he got for it was just 
uh, people are rude. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's it's easy to say to develop a thick skin and all that, like for people to say that. But when you're the target of that harassment and it's not just one person, but when you're, you know, 10, 20, 30, 100 people coming at you, I, I can only imagine it's got to be hard to just deal with that crap. Yeah. And don't be afraid to turn the stream off. You're the one who's in control and you should be able to, if you need to, turn things off, um, figure out where you need to be and try streaming on a different day. Well, awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, I, I love a lot of the tips that you've given for streaming and I, and I hope, you know, my audience finds it useful because I know there's people out there who want to try to make it big in content creation or not just big, but just you know, do something with it. And it's always good to hear voices of all kinds of who, what they've been through, what they did to get to their success too. And it's always nice to hear, you know, different viewpoints from it. Um, where can people find you? Should they want to reach out? Um, if you want to watch me as a streamer, I'm at twitch.tv slash Amazonian. And uh, I'm usually happy to answer questions live there. Not so much about streaming. Uh, I typically say that if you are looking for advice for streaming, you should probably look up a tutorial because most people <laughs> ask me the most basic questions like, what's a green screen? How are you floating in the game? Okay, cool. You should use Google. Um, people have written up step-by-step -step tutorials for people just like you, and you should use that information. Oh, 100% agree with that. The, the, the other things that I find a lot of people don't understand or know about is not just the streaming or, or the content creation itself it's the behind the scenes stuff there's so much stuff to like do like this podcast i do there's so much behind the scenes work that i do just for it and i'm sure with your streaming you know there's a lot you i mean you mentioned there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff contracts emails um whatever stuff events you have planned for it and all that so it, it's a lot of work um yeah and, and having good Google Foo will help you. Yes. I mean, that's how I do my job, too, my day job. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> do, you, do you work in uh, programming? No, no. So I, I'm in IT. I do uh, networking. Oh, okay. That's so, that's somewhere. I was going to say, like, yeah. any tech field, it's going to be, like, 80%. You know, there's probably somebody who ran into the same yeah. thing. And maybe they posted how they solved it online. And it's just like, all right, we're going, we're going to GitHub. We're going to Quora. We're going to find this. Right, right. It's... I feel like without Google, I'd be completely without a job. It's like I feel so, so many times I feel so dumb and it's like I just Google half the shit. I don't really know what I'm doing, <laughs> which you come to find out that's that's a that's a lot of people in life. Right. Don't be afraid that you don't know how to do something. Be more afraid if you can't figure out how to learn it. Oh, yeah. I, I'll be one of the first people to tell you. I don't know. That it's. I don't know. Mm. It's trial and error. I'll, I'll figure it out. If I break it, I'll just reverse what I did. <laughs> but um, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. And um, I hope you have a good rest of your day. And oh. good luck with the rest of your streams as well, too. And thank you. Oh, 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 oh are you doing? January. Yes. Thank you. Um, Real quick. I, by the time this comes out, the Kaldheim Early Access will already be over. But are you doing the Early Access event, too? I am. Awesome. Awesome. So I might see you there. Um, if nice. might run into you in the queue. You might. You might. Because I, I know I'm probably going to be hitting the sealed or draft first before I even do any kind of constructed. So oh, that's I always do a whole bunch of like, I got to figure out these cards. So I'm just going to yeah. dive into it. I find like starting with sealed tends to work easier because that way it like 
I can see all the cards and I'm not yeah. on the timer to pick them. Right, right. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. So, yeah, I might see you there. Um, all depends on just whatever's going on with my day job and all that. So, um, nice. all right. So hope you have a good night and maybe I'll see you on the battlefield there. Too. And have a good day. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Hope you all really enjoyed the episode. I uh, really enjoyed Amy's take on a lot of stuff. Um, be sure to follow her on her Twitter and Twitch to see when she goes live. Um, I'm definitely, I, I keep saying this, I need to go and really check out um, Runeterra, Legends of Runeterra, and I keep saying that, and everybody's talking about League of Legends too, and it's like, oh my god, do I even want to get back into that? I don't know, probably not, but um, maybe. We'll have to see. But no, I hope you all really enjoyed uh, Amazonian. I thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. really appreciated you taking time out of your day to come on. And thank you all to the listeners and watchers out there and have a great day.